Hello, this is Jeff Windsor, and this is Lucky Words, a podcast where we talk about culture, art, and a good deal of poetry, ideally all while we're outdoors doing something cool. June 16th is Bloom's Day. It's the day when all the events of James Joyce's Ulysses takes place. And Leopold Bloom is the character who takes up most of the time in the book. And it all takes place on one day. And we celebrate that day on Bloom's Day. And so in honor of Bloom's Day, I'm going to read a little bit from James Joyce's Ulysses. I'm going to read the opening section. Well, not a section is as roughly determined by me as I'll explain in a minute. The beginning section is about Stephen Daedalus, who's the main character in Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. And this picks up shortly after that book ends. It's pretty well known that Stephen Daedalus is a what is Joyce himself. So I'm going to start at the beginning of James Joyce's Ulysses and read up through when we first see Stephen Daedalus, which isn't much of a sight. Stately plump Buck Mulligan came from the stairhead, bearing a bowl of lather on which a mirror and a razor lay crossed. A yellow dressing gown, ungirdled, was sustained gently behind him by the mild morning air. He held the bowl aloft and intoned, In Troibro ad altare dei. Halted, he peered down the dark winding stairs and called up coarsely, Come up, Kinch, come up, you fearful Jesuit! Solemnly he came forward and mounted the round gun rest. 
he faced round and blessed gravely thrice the tower, the surrounding country, and the awaking mountains. Then catching sight of Stephen Daedalus, he bent towards him and made rapid crosses in the air, gurgling in his throat and shaking his head. Stephen Daedalus, displeased and sleepy, leaned his arms on top of the staircase and looked coldly at the shaking, gurgling face that blessed him, equine in its length, and at the light, untonsured hair, grained and hued like pale oak. Buck Mulligan peeped an instant under the mirror and then covered the bowl smartly. Back to barracks, he said sternly. He added in a preacher's tone, For this, so dearly beloved, is the genuine Christine body, body and soul and blood and owns. Slow music, please, shut your eyes, gents. One moment, a little trouble about those white corpuscules. Silence all. He peered sideways up and gave a long, low whistle of call, then paused a while and rapt attention, his even white teeth glistening here and there with gold points. Christostomos. Two strong, shrill whistles answered through the calm. Thanks, old chap, he cried briskly. That will do nicely. Switch off the current, will ya? He skipped off the gun rest and looked gravely at his watcher, gathering about his legs the loose folds of his gown. The plump, shadowed face and sullen, oval jowl recalled a prelate, patron of arts in the Middle Ages. A pleasant smile broke quietly over his lips. The mockery of it, he said gaily. Your absurd name, an ancient Greek. He pointed his finger in friendly jest and went up to the parapet, laughing to himself. Stephen Daedalus stepped up, followed him wearily halfway, and sat down on the edge of the gun rest, watching him still as he propped his mirror on the parapet, dipped the brush in the bowl, and lathered his cheeks and neck. Well, that's enough. That's the beginning of Ulysses. Not much happens at the beginning. Two men stand and talk. One of them shaves. They complain about their house guest. Uh, they take care of some small business and buying some milk. It's really mostly about getting the whole aura of it. Joyce trying to create this completeness in Ulysses that a person who reads the book really gets the feeling that they are there. They can picture it. They can feel it. They can smell it. They can see it. They can hear it. All of it becomes alive in its completeness, which is why he spends 800 pages covering just one day in which nothing in particular of significance happens. It's not a book about momentous happenings. It's a book about very small everyday things and what's going on inside the heads of characters. In fact, that's what goes on at the very end of the book. My copy of the book is the Vintage Classics edition from June of 1990. The final section begins on page 738 and ends on 783. So, what, about 45 pages. And in those 45 pages, there is no punctuation. No periods, no commas, no quotations. It does occasionally break unexpectedly into paragraphs. But the paragraph doesn't begin with a capital letter. It doesn't end with a period. Those 45 pages are all just the interior monologue of Molly Bloom. And this is the end of the book. 
I can't read the last paragraph, in part because it's too long and I'd get tired. And in part because it uses words that my mother, who listens to this podcast, would not approve of me speaking aloud. So I'm going to skip some of those, and I'm going to read about the last page of the book. As I read this section, note how she slides from one topic into another and moves back and forth. The word that repeats most often is yes. All throughout this monologue, she keeps coming back to the yes, the yes. And the final words are the most famous words from this very, very famous book where it closes, yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Note how that ends the book on this note that leads to I don't know where, probably off to sleep as she's laying in bed. But I don't know. Here's Molly Bloom. And colors springing up, even out of the ditches, primroses, and violets, nature. It is as for them saying there's no God. I wouldn't give a snap of my two fingers for all their learning. Why don't they go and create something, I often asked him. Atheists, or whatever they call themselves. Go and wash the cobbles off themselves first. And then they go howling for the priest and the dying. And why, why? Because they're afraid of hell on account of their bad conscience. Ah, yes, I know them well. Who was the first person in the universe before there was anybody that made it all who, ah, that they don't know, neither do I. So there you are. They might as well try to stop the sun from rising tomorrow and the sun shines for you, he said, the day we were lying among the rhododendrons on Houthhead in the gray tweed suit and his straw hat the day I got him to propose to me. Yes, first I gave him a bit of seed cake out of my mouth. It was the leap year like now, yes, 16 years ago. My God, after that long kiss, I near lost breath. Yes, he said, I was a flower of the mountains. Yes, so we are flowers. All a woman's body, yes. That was one true thing he said in his life. And the sun shines for you today, yes. That was why I liked him. Because I saw he understood or felt what a woman is. And I knew I could always get round him. And I gave him all the pleasure I could, leading him on till he asked me to say yes. And I wouldn't answer at first, only looked out over the sea and the sky. I was thinking of so many things. He didn't know of Mulvaney or Mr. Stanhope and Hester and Father and old Captain Groves and the sailors playing All Birds Fly. And I say stoop and washing up dishes, they called it on the pier and the sentry in front of the governor's house. With the thing round his white helmet, poor devil half roasted, and the Spanish girls laughing in their shawls, and their tall combs, and the auctions in the morning, the Greeks and the Jews and the Arabs and the devil, who knows who else, from all the ends of Europe and Duke Street and the foul market all clucking outside Larby Sharon's, and poor donkeys slipping half asleep, and vague fellows in the cloaks asleep in the shade on the steps, and the big wheels of the carts, of the bulls and the old castle thousands of years old, yes, those handsome moors in all white and turbans like kings, asking you to sit down on their little bit of shop, and Rhonda with the old widows of the Posada's glancing eyes, a lattice hid for her lover to kiss the iron of the wine shops, half open at night, and the castanets, and the night we missed the boat to Algeciras, 
the watchman going about serene with his lamp. And oh, the awful deep-down torrent, oh, and the sea, the sea, crimson sometimes like fire, and the glorious sunsets, and the fig trees, and the Alameda Gardens, yes, all the queer little streets and pink and blue and yellow houses, and the rose gardens, and the jessamine, and the geraniums, and the cactuses, and Gibraltar, as a girl where I was a flower of the mountain, Yes, when I put the rose in my hair, like the Andalusian girls used or shall wear a red, yes, and how he kissed me under the Moorish wall. And I thought, well, as well him as another. And then I asked him with my eyes to ask again. Yes, and then he asked me, and I would, yes, to say, yes, my mountain flower. And first I put my arms around him, yes, and drew him down to me so he could feel my breasts all perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said, yes, I will, yes.